Welcome to GrishaCast. This is your host, Eric. And I'm Terry. This is your podcast for all things Grishaverse. A world created by the wonderful Lee Bardugo. Moisevayanyi, casters. It is your host, Eric. And your other host, Terry. Yay, she's back. I'm back, y'all. I have my voice. <laughs> she was not feeling too good last week. And I did not sound good at all. Well, we're glad you're back. I'm happy to be back. <laughs> happy to be back in the routine. Well, Chris did a great job of covering your spot. He was um, he was really sweet and cute. It was fun. Oh, and, Chris yeah. always does a good job. He does. He's good to fill in those spots. Good job, babe. Good okay. job. <laughs> so anyways, um, yeah, so how was your week? Um, it was stressful. Got a lot of work stuff going on. Yeah. Um, you know, personal life is great. That's good. But um, yeah, work is work is a little stressful right now. Oh. Well, just like everything else in Nashville, we're understaffed and mm. working hard and just found out I'm going to Tampa for oh. a for a training on a a really boring thing that you really don't want to know about. But basically, <laughs> But basically, it's a program that keeps up with curriculum in a college, and I'm going to go get licensed on that. Wow. I'm literally going to spend five days talking about a computer program. Oh. So it's really exciting. So I'm hoping. I'm hoping, because most of them get out at like 5.30, that I can take an Uber to the coast right. and hang out at least one evening. Yeah, that could be, I mean, I hope you get some time on the beach or something. Yeah, it'd be nice in March to, to have a little break, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, break from looking at a computer screen all day. That sounds very, so you're there for five days? Yes. Wow, that's a really long time. <laughs> I mean, for like a convention. It is. It's like a, it's a conference training thing, and at the end of it, you get certified in this thing, and you know, just keep thinking about it as it's another tick on that resume. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah, it's it's going to be really boring. Don't tell my boss that. Okay. <laughs> well, I doubt your boss is a fan of the Grishaverse. No. So. No. Nope. No, no, no. He's a homicide detective. I don't think that he really cares about <laughs> about the Grisha world. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel the same. Nobody at my job does. I talk to them about it, but I feel like they're just like, are staring at their screens and just like listening to not they're not listening no they're not <laughs> well i've got a couple from work so shout out y'all don't hey. tell you know who <laughs> <laughs> well so we started ruin and rising this week which was awesome because i just can't believe that we're on the third book it uh, is very strange to i don't know it's a weird feeling yes it's very odd um it's been just cruising along so yeah we're here in the last book where i mean this is gonna be it um for this story well kind of yeah so this trilogy yeah which is gonna be neat so anyways we let's just get started let's dive into before which i thought i, re I really like the way this was written um I yeah it's definitely a nice little i don't know break in between yeah the I stories just, and I just, I, I don't know. I feel like this one was different than the other befores and afters for some reason. I don't know. It captured my attention more. Um, I think just because it really did cut. 
maybe because it covered more of stuff that I was really interested in because you really wanted to kind of know what was going on after the last book. Yeah. So I don't know. It's um, definitely bringing you into what's happening currently. Exactly. So anyway, so let's start. Before, um, it seems that everyone is underground in what is called the White Cathedral. And it's got long carved out tunnels that um, have this worm, like it's there's folk there's folk tales about this giant worm called Izumrud, who slithered through and made these long tunnels all the way like I feel like I'm all the way through Ravka. I don't know. It, I I feel like that'd be a lot, but but I don't know. That's what I imagine. I guess I just imagine that they were all the way through Ravka. So I'd, um. So anyways, uh, we also find out Mal um, tells us, at least, Mal at first is by Alina's side telling her stories and trying to keep her company to help give her strength. And then one day, the tunnel to Alina is barred and the apparat has taken him away in chains and pretty much yelping at him about faith keeping you breathing or something. I don't know. <laughs> apparat wisdom. So I've got a quote here, and locked in her cell, alone by the drip of water and the slow beat of her heart, the girl knew the stories of Izumrud were true. She had been swallowed whole, devoured, and in the echoing alabaster belly of the white cathedral, only the saint remained. End quote. I I like that just because it kind of, like we kind of have an understanding of where Alina is. And I think even like deeper in this, it talks about how she feels like a rat that's somewhere in the chapters where she really just feels like she's this trapped rat down in the underground. And I just really like that. So, um, do you think the worm thing is true? Uh, cause we have these other creatures that their stories and they're real. So here's another, story about a creature so how do we know what's real and what's not real i don't know it's just kind of like a folk tale so i like to imagine it in my head though for some reason just this big giant worm like with the silt and gravel just like (laughs) eating its way through (laughs) the ground just making a lot of a lot of (laughs) pathways under ravka so yeah i mean it could be so i mean there's a reason for this folk tale, and they even kind of say that people try to stay out of dark corners because yeah, they don't want to be... go down too far. Yeah, so because it says, because it said he doesn't die. Yeah, be- and he just like lost. He got lost. Yeah. He's just like eating this his poor... way around, and he's just this poor little lost worm. Poor thing. Now you feel oh, bad for him. Come on, Isamrun. He's just kind of stuck under Ravka, just like oh, no. lost his way out. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he wants them to find him. Like, come on, guys. I hear you. Come find me. But they don't speak worm. No. If only he could back up. (laughs) Beep, beep, beep. I'm going to go. Poor thing. Oh. Okay, so that's good. Yeah, that's giving me a whole other side to this. It's not this, like, dark, mean creature. It's this cute little worm that's just kind of stuck. Guys, help me. Poor thing. So... I hope you guys like that because I really do. Now I've got Isamrune. We should start a little campaign for we him. <laughs> Get Isamrune out. We should make little lost signs for him. Have you seen me? <laughs> That's great. 
Uh-huh. Oh, that's happening. Yes, that is. Poor <laughs> Isamrun. God, put him on some milk cartons. <laughs> so, okay, we could go on for hours, but we'll <laughs> stop here. Um, because I'm starting to now like envision like you know the cute little worm face. Uh huh. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> It's just so sad. I know. <laughs> just eating around. Um, <laughs> okay, so Alina wakes up every day to hear her name chanted, and more and more people keep coming to join her army, the hungry, the hopeless, and the starving children. And the apparat just keeps feeding them all that she, this is your queen. One day she is going to be your queen. And... Everyone also is looking at Alina's court oddly, and this is a quote. The raven-haired squalor with her sharp tongue, which is Zoya, the ruined one with her black prayer shawl and hideous scars, Jenya, the pale scholar who huddled away with his books and strange instruments, David, these were the sorry remnants of the second army, unfit company for a saint, end quote. Sorry for sniffling in your ears, guys. That was a loud one. But, um, yeah, I'm not feeling sick though, so that's a good thing. Well, we live in Tennessee, so God, and I the don't... allergies are just rampant. All they... the trees are blooming, by the way. For those of you that are covered in snow, we are over here drowning in warmth, and everything is blooming, and it's making us all sick. But it's supposed to get down to like 18 tonight, Woo. so that's gonna change everything up. Winter in Tennessee is horrible. It's it's sometimes it's not a winter at all. No. So anyways, getting back into the Grisha verse, the apparat obviously is keeping all of her followers far away from her so they can't actually seal the see the real state that she's in. Because remember, she's kind of she's like powerless and fragile. And to me, obviously she is fragile because she can't summon her light. Yeah. Because she's underground. She's underground. So. The sun summoner kind of needs the sun. Yeah. She needs some sun. And then she'd feel just fine. And so, if, you know, all these people that are coming to fight for her saw exactly how sickly she was, then they might not want to fight. No, they wouldn't. So, and we're still in the before chapter right now. So we got to remember that too. And, but yeah, so she just needs sun. Um, But anyways, on the surface... The Darkling is the new king, and he's commanding that Alina return, and also that there's this mysterious man that's kind of like <laughs> battling him Flying out. through the air. Yeah, the prince of the air, who obviously that has to be Nikolai. Oh, it has to be. So, yay, Nikolai. Come on. Yeah, we know that you're still out there. You're not, <laughs> you're not lost. You will come for us, Nikolai. You're not missing in action anymore. No. So, um, Alina and Alina just wants out and she wants to fight her own war and the apparat is just forbidding it. So here's a quick quote, but he'd forgotten that before she'd become a Grisha and a saint, she'd been a ghost of Karemzin. She and the boy had hoarded secrets of Palakin, hoarded treasure. They knew how to be thieves and phantoms, how to hide strength as well as mischief. Like the teachers at the Duke's estate, the priest thought he knew the girl and what she was capable of. He was wrong. He did not hear their hidden language, did not understand the boy's resolve. He did not see the moment the girl ceased to bear her weakness as a burden and began to wear it as a guise. End quote. 
So so she's going to fake being super weak. Yeah, I and think she's going to hide her strength and her resolve. Exactly. So, I mean, she is weak, but she's going to make it like more. Like, right. So it's not obvious that they're desperately trying to plan to get out of here or trying to come up with some sort of plan. She doesn't want to give that away. Exactly. She figures if they pretend to be weak and not thinking about that, then maybe he'll leave them alone. Hopefully. But, yeah. But that's the plan. So that's the before chapter, which is just filled with a lot of information. Um, And that's why I think I really liked it. I think I really liked it. Like, I I don't know. I just really love this before chapter. I love the way it was written. And I think I like the way it started out with, like, that mysterious ism rude and then gets into, like, I just... I really, really enjoyed that chapter. So moving on into chapter one, where we actually get into our story, and now we're like in Alina's world. It's morning prayers, and Alina is putting on a show. <laughs> yep. In her patchwork kefta. Yep, because, I mean, that's what she escaped in. So they... um. They mentioned that, and I mean, she's just put on a show because, I mean, obviously she can't summon light, so this is all like a smoke and mirrors show, literally. It is. Yep. The, it's a little magic trick. It sure is. The Inferni are using their fire and David's mirrors to make it look like she's got this glow <laughs> and like she's summoning light. And the apparat tells her that it's important to do this because it gives her followers hope. So... Anyways. This illusion. Yeah. It's noted that uh, only two Inferni made it out of the attack and are on their side. And to me, like, that's just crazy sad. It is. That there's only two that it can is. summon fire um, out of all the Grisha that were there. We really lost. A lot of people. A lot of people. We did. So, uh, Lena is still recouping from her near-death experience with the Darkling, but is getting strong every day while pretending she's obviously still sick to underestimate that brat, as we just discussed. And Alina is being held prisoner by the apparat, far underground um, from any source of the sun, That she and she just knows that the sunlight would help her. So she just feels like an absolute prisoner, and I understand why. <laughs> it's, it's described pretty well that she feels that way. Yeah, I mean, and he is literally controlling... Every move. Yep. And here's this little part of, like, the way she feels about their conversation. Here's the quote. This was the game we played that we'd been playing since I'd been brought here. The apparat had done a lot for me. He was the only reason any of my Grisha had made it out of the battle with the Darklings monsters. He'd given us safe haven underground, but every day the White Cathedral felt more like a prison than a refuge. So I feel like she also understands that, I mean, the apparat did get her out of the situation. I mean, he was the one that kind of saved her. Yeah. But she doesn't owe him anything. Right. And I feel like we've always kind of thought that there was something else going on that we didn't really know his plan. I, I figure, I feel like that was always some sort of, like... Absolutely. Keeping him at arm's, arm's length and not trusting him completely. Well, who, like, I mean, we really can't. I mm-hmm. mean, when you think about it, he's been on the Darkling side. Now he's against the Darkling and on Alina's side. And, I mean, even, like, in these chapters, he, like, says something like, I can't remember where it is, but he pretty much threatens Alina by saying, like, I mean, your friends yes. could get hurt underground. And she said that that's been a thing every day. Uh, yeah. With just- almost every conversation that he's, like, 
oh, you know, accidents happen down here. It would be a shame if your friends got hurt. Right. And who just says that? Who like I mean, it'd be a shame if your friends just magically a freaking got psychopath. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so, anyways, Alina sometimes can see Jenya while pretending that she's getting tailored by her, and they get to meet in the kettle, which I think is a cute word for the kitchen. Yeah, it took me a minute to figure out that that's what it was. Chris, I want to start calling our kitchen the kettle. <laughs> just letting you know, the kettle. <laughs> It's cute. It is cute. Um, so the apparat now has his own priest guards. They are dressed in brown in the golden sunburst, the same symbol that is on <clears throat> the apparat's robes. <clears throat> this reminds me, actually, of Game of Thrones and the crazy priest and the fanatic soldiers that oh, like yeah. made Cersei mm-hmm. like go through the like streets. I just that's what I'm uh-huh. imagining with the apparat and these crazy Shame. people. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. <laughs> so, I don't know. That gave me a really good picture, I feel like. Oh, we all hated him so much, too, you know? Oh, my God. It's the it same is. kind of feeling. Exactly. So, that's my <laughs> imagination of how this is kind of going. Yeah. Um. So, Alina can't summon light, but she can summon the shadow stuff. Weird. Yeah. So, and she got that from the Darkling, obviously, from the very end of our last book when, I mean... She was able to share, like, she was able to make Nietzsche Voya. So, I mean, she's got this now, like, little summoning shadow now. That she likes to use to scare the apparat. (laughs) Exactly. Which is a great way to do it. (laughs) It is kind of funny. So, the apparat does allow Aline, like, he lets her go to the archives um, where she gets to go and visit David and David is studying Mortsova's journals and the ones that the apparat obviously took from the Darkling um, study um, sometimes. So David's still, they're still trying to study and find more about this firebird. And, you know, just try to find the location. But Alina hasn't told the apparat what she has figured out about, like, in the last book where they fig- they wanted to go on that, like, journey back to her home. Right. She didn't. So the apparat doesn't know anything about that. No. Still arm's length. Not going to trust him. Which is smart. Um, Only the ones that were there in that meeting um, during that discovery were the ones that knew. So uh, David also um, gives Alina a salve to give to Jenya to help with her scars, which I think is really sweet. Mm -hmm. And we see that it has helped to fade a little bit. Yep, exactly. But the wounds from the Nietzsche Voya can never be healed completely. No, they Poor can. Virginia. Yeah. So, and it's just so sad. Um, but I, I just want Jenny to get back to her normal self, and I feel like we she'll she'll get there. So David seems when Alina's visiting David, she does notice that he is very nervous, and she yeah, can't, he's acting weird. Yep, she can't really figure up. Something is. She can't figure out why. And anyway, she finally ends up in the kettle with Jenya, and they're alone um, with no priest guards because I guess a lot of them are kind of scared of Jenya um, at this point. And some of them think that the scars are a curse, which is just crazy. <laughs> um, so Alina applies the salve to Jenya, and then while she's doing that, um, or at least during a part, Alina discovers that under the top of this salve, that David gave her, there's a message, and it just says the word T. 
today. Today. That's it. Sneaky David. Yeah. And they even looked at it when he handed the salve to Alina. The guards even looked at the top, looked at it and like, all right, okay, it's fine. But really it wasn't. Nope. They got it past security and it came through. So Jenya is about to pretty much explain to Alina what's going to, what's going on, you feel. And then all of a sudden, you just hear the like, chaos ca- people storming in so and this is going to start us with our first scene where i eric will be playing the apparat and alina is going to be playing uh, alina <laughs> terry is going to be playing alina <laughs> alina can't play me no 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 okay so here we go um starting off with scene one curtain up The apparat swept in behind them in a swirl of brown robes. Clear the room, he bellowed. Jinya and I shot to our feet as the priest guards roughly herded the, kirk- the cooks from the kitchen in the confusion of protests and frightened exclamations. What is this? I demanded. Alina Starkov, said the apparat. You are in danger. My heart was hammering, but I kept my voice calm. Danger from what? I asked, glancing at the pots boiling in the hearth. Lunch? Conspiracy, he proclaimed, pointing at Jinya. Those who would claim your friendship seek to destroy you. More of the apparat's bearded henchmen marched through the door behind him. When they parted ranks, I saw David, his eyes wide and frightened. Jinya gasped and I laid a hand on her arm to keep her from charging forward. Nadia and Zoya were next, both with wrists bound to prevent them from summoning. A trickle of blood leaked from the corner of Nadia's mouth, and her skin was white beneath her freckles. Mal was with them, his face badly bloodied. He was clutching his side as if cradling a broken rib, his shoulders hunched against the pain. But worse was the sight of the guards who flanked him, Tolia and Tamar. Tamar had her axes back. In fact, they were both armed as thoroughly as the priest guards. They would not beat my eyes. Lock the doors, the apparat commanded. We will have this sad business done in private. End scene. First of all, Aberat, your voice is creepy. I'm trying. <laughs> Come on, acting 101. <laughs> Work. Yes. So that's my Aberat voice. Um, it's so creepy. He is creepy. Yes. So um, I think that's just important because it kind of explains a lot of a lot that goes on, um, even though it's a very short scene, we find out that, like, it looks like Tolia and Tamar are on, are on the Abrat side. Um, it, they've brought all of her people down with them. I mean, it's they just... They, like, beat them up and tied them up. Yeah. There's a lot going on. So that is the... And that ends chapter one. So we're going to go straight on into chapter two, where the Abrat apparently is losing his shit over discovering... <laughs> David has been making blasting powders is what this comes down to. Yes. So because he like they figure out this conspiracy and I mean finally like Alina gets to take it, get it out of the apparat, and he's just like, it's blasting powders. David's making these blasting powders. And Alina's like, so what? Like But weapons are forbidden in the White Cathedral. 
as all his like men have these huge rifles. Right? Yeah. I mean, even Tamar's got axes. And I love the line that uh, Alina says, like pointing at the like guards' guns. She's like, "What are those ladles?" <laughs> I just think that's so cute. Um, so the apparat says that they heard a conversation of treason, and the apparat then asked Tamar to speak of what she heard. She says that Malagenia planned to drug Alina and take her above ground. The blasting powders were supposed to make sure that no one followed. The apparat then even goes so far as to say that they were going to turn Alina over to the Darkling, which is just so insane. I was so mad at Tamar. I know. I so know. mad. I know. It, it Understandably, because it's like, what? Hold on a minute. I know. Hold up a Who's second. Who's side you on, girl? Right. Well, Alina sees how this is so not true and is trying to get the apparat to obviously see that. But the apparat's crazy, so he totally believes this whole thing. Um, but Alina then, like, it's it's really drawn out. But <laughs> she finally, like, decides to trust her friends instead of the apparat. I think, I, I caught it as I was reading through, I think the turning point for Alina where she decides that there is something going on and she needs to kind of play along was Tamar's, you trust her. Talking it, about Jenya. Yeah, because yeah. it wasn't an accusation and it wasn't a question. It was a command. She said it sounded like an actual command, like you need to trust her. But exactly. she said it in a way that was kind of hidden. And yeah. so it was a little like, it was a little moment there where I'm like, oh. Yeah, it was a little gift oh. that luckily Alina caught. Yes. Telling you, if I was Alina, I wouldn't have caught that. Oh, I wouldn't have either. <laughs> With all that going on. Uh-uh. I would have not been My like, heart would have been beating so fast that I wouldn't be able to hear anything else. I would be schwitzing all over the uh-huh. place. I would be just like a moist towel at and it, ugh. Exactly. It'd be disgusting. Just because I hate it when I sweat. So, <laughs> I <laughs> Um, which by the way, is it hard to get your children to shower? Oh yes. Oh my. Teenage boys. Oh my. Yes. I do not understand. <laughs> no. Like I, I should. Okay. So if I go to the gym, which I try to do every day, which I didn't today, but if I do, I come home and shower. Oh yes. Which by the way, I shower when I wake up every single morning. So like I sometimes take two showers uh-huh. a day, at least one. Uh-huh. And if I went to work without showering, Oh, my God. I would feel disgusting. No. I'd be so cranky. No, would not be able to concentrate on anything that was happening. I was like that in high school, actually. Like, I mean, if I woke up late and I didn't get to shower, it was a horrible day. But you know what? It was the one day that people at high school were just like, you look really good. <laughs> of course. What'd you do? <laughs> of course it was. It's like, I'm slimy and disgusting. Exactly. That's always how it happens. Mm. You get all dolled up. Yes. Nobody notices a thing. Exactly. You're dirty, sweaty, feel like poop. And they're like, girl, you hot. Uh-huh. I spent quite a while one morning on a lovely pink eye. And not like <laughs> pink eye, like the disease. But <laughs> wow, that, that took a turn. But <laughs> <You did. laughs> this <like> a- <laughs> lovely pink eyeshadow look on my eye. And it was so cute. And I was feeling myself. Aww. I was so feeling myself. I was like looking at everybody like, you better say something about my eyes. And nobody did. But was the it- next day, I have like a very nude, quick look on. And everybody goes, oh, I kind of love your makeup. Yeah. Oh, all right. Thanks. Thanks. For, 
thanks for not appro- appreciating my smoky salmon the other day. Exactly. And then I sound like an ungrateful person because I'm mad because they said thank you when I didn't try. Uh, Come on, people. If somebody looks like they tried, Give just a- say something. Exactly. It's, I mean, it's kind of <laughs> like, you know, when we go to the drag shows. Yeah. And, and sometimes, like, I mean... And we've been to a lot of drag shows, a yes. lot, a lot, a lot. So we're not talking about any, like, I mean, all and all drag queens are amazing. But every once in a while, somebody, somebody gets up there and you know they're just like, it's like their first experience. Kind of like mm-hmm. going to like, when you go and you see like, what is it? What's that show? It's the um, when they let new drag queens perform for the first time. Oh, Amateur Night. Thank you. That's why I couldn't figure yeah. out. <laughs> I mean, it's like when Amateur Night happens, like... Those girls are getting up there, and it's like, they're not all put together. I mean, but you you say you look beautiful. Yes. I mean, and it gives them a little... They they know they're not put together, but give them that dollar and tell them they look gorgeous. They put those hip pads on, and they put those tights on, and that tight unitard thing. It might you, not fit right, but it is it, okay. It might be a little holy and a little busted, but you tell them they did a good job, and they look beautiful. Girl, Bam. <laughs> Where are we in the Grishaverse? Because <laughs> I don't know where we even left off. Hold on. Okay, let's think. Yes, um, blasting powder. We did that. that um, yes, the. Oh yeah, Alina. Like she figures out Tamar. Tamar's okay, little yeah. thing. All right, we're back. Sorry about that, guys. Hope you are ready for that journey. Um, That's the problem with <laughs> best friends working together. Sorry about it. <laughs> not sorry. It's, yeah, not sorry. It's gonna happen a lot. It so is. So right. I mean, yeah. Grisha cast is also an insight into Eric and Terry's <laughs> lives. Best friend cast. Yeah. So, um, okay. So, yeah. Alina senses. Yeah. So she gets that sense um, from the little, like, the Tamar and Tamar, like, Jenya, little secret. So she decides that she's going to try to distract the guards. So she uses that creepy shadow stuff. And she lets it crawl up the wall, which, of course, scares the shit out of the apparat uh-huh. and the guards, which is exactly what they wanted. And this then gives Alina's friends time to work, which is awesome. And I thought this was, like, written really well because it just kind of was written where you really understood what was going on. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes when you read an action scene, it can be very confusing. You have to go back and read it a couple more times. Exactly. It's yeah. like, what just happened? But this I didn't at no. all. Like, you... You, just, you could follow along. You could. So what happens is a lot. Mal grabs the blasting powders from the apparat and throws it up the flue. Suddenly his ribs aren't broken. Yep. So that obviously has been an act. Um, Zoya and the other squalor use their powers to actually use move that blasting powder further up the flue. And then Mal shoots the bag like... Which sounds like an incredible shot. Yeah. I mean, because... Like, even she is doubting it. Yeah. She's like, no one can make that. But, of course, it's Mal. Of course. So, he... And so, what happened is, like, I mean, obviously, the blasting powder goes all the way up. you got to think. Like, they're miles and miles under the ground. And this is the only way that it can get... That they have any way to get any light or air. Well, not air, but you know, like... Sunshine. Sunshine. It's a tunnel. So it's got to go, like, they used that power, and that had to go blasting up, like, a mile or mile and a half, and Mal shoots it. (laughs) And then I think it's really interesting, because they're, like, at first, they're so... They're so far down, and that's how I figured out they're so far down, is because they talk about the reaction time of this. They're, like, 
at first it was like you didn't hear any or i don't know at first you didn't really hear anything then you heard like dampened boom yeah so it's like that really gave me the vision and understanding that like they're really underground they're not just like i mean in a basement under ravka they're miles underground which by the way really cool i think um but anyways it works he hits it and it pretty much blasts this huge hole into their ceiling I mean, this is a big old hole. You can't patch that thing up. (laughs) (laughs) So then I've, um, of course, got a quote here. um, And I just think this is nicely written. So here we go. I'd come here every day, hoping the cooks might use more than a few fires so that the flu would open all the way. I tried to summon, hidden from the priest guards by Jinya's thick shawl and their superstitious fear of her. I tried and failed. Now Mal had blown the flu wide open. I could only call and pray that the light would answer. I felt it, miles above me, so tentative, barely a whisper. Panic gripped me. The distance was too great. I'd been foolish to hope. Then it was as if something within me rose and stretched, like a creature that had lain idle for too long. Its muscles had gone soft from disuse, but it was still there, waiting. I called, and the light answered with the strength of the antlers at my throat, the scales at my wrist. It came to me in a rush, triumphant and eager. I grinned at the apparat, letting exultation fill me. A man so obsessed with holy fire should pay more attention to the smoke. The light slammed through me and burst over the room in a blinding cascade that illuminated the almost comical expression of shock on the apparat's face. The priest guards threw up their hands, eyes squeezed shut against the glare. Relief came from the light, a sense of being right and whole from the first time in months. Some part of me had truly feared I might never be restored completely, that by using Merzos in my fight with the Darkling, by daring to create shadow soldiers and trespass in the making at the heart of the world, I had somehow forfeited this gift. But now it was as if I could feel my body coming to life, my cells reviving. Power rippled through my blood, reverberated in my bones. End quote. So obviously I love that because I love power. (laughs) (laughs) No questions there. I always love it when she describes power. Well, yeah, any, especially, you know, a woman coming into power. We're all about that. Absolutely. That's, girl, that is why I love this story. Uh I mean, I just, I, yes. That yes. is why I love this story. That's why I love every story exactly like this. Uh-huh. Because anything without um oh I get so frustrated with like <laughs> I just I, I love stories of strong women. Yeah. And come on, bring it. So, so, so what I gather from this from the beginning of that quote is that yeah, there was the fun. reason why it wasn't just the fires. She knew there was a flu there. Mm-hmm. And so she was going there every day, just like praying that one day it would be open because she knew that that's what she needed. Yeah. And I think, and also her friends, like, I think her friends have been planning this the whole time too. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like it's making. Well, Jinya G- knew. Yeah. Jinya knew. So, I mean, and it's just, I don't know. It's very, it's a well thought out plan. Folks. And what good friends. I know. Oh. It makes you want to just group hug. It is a group hug moment. <laughs> so they risked their lives for her. They did. So, and of course, this beautiful quote is right here, and she feels all this power. And then what happens? A really long, well, it's just a fight scene. They all start fighting. 
So the Apparats, Priest Guards, and all of Alina's peeps all start fighting again. And Alina gets sick of the fighting. And, like, she now since she can get her power, she can summon the cut. And through some rage, she decides to split a table in two. <laughs> Bam. She ain't going to hurt nobody. She's tired <laughs> of people solve dying. it. Yeah, she's tired of people dying. So she's just like, whatever. So, and here's that quote. Rage coursed through me, and I fought to rein it in. No more, I told myself. No more deaths today. I hurled the cut in a fiery arc. It crashed through a long table and tore into the earth before the priest guards, opening a dark, yawning trench in the kitchen floor. There was no way of knowing how deep it went. Terror was written on the apparat's face, terror and what might well have been awe. The guards fell to their knees, and a moment later, the priest followed. Some wept, chanting prayers. Beyond the kitchen doors, I heard fists pounding, voices wailing. Sancta, Sancta, end quote. So that brings us into scene two, okay, where I will be playing a soldier. Ooh. Ooh. Uh. And Terry's going to be playing Alina. So here we go. Curtain up. I walked forward, stepping carefully around the trench I'd opened, and stood before one of the kneeling guards. He was younger than the others, his beard just coming in, his gaze fastened on the ground as he mumbled prayers. I caught not just my name, but the names of real saints strung together as if in a single word. I touched my hand to his shoulder, and his eyes slid shut, tears rolling down his cheeks. Forgive me, he said. Forgive me. Look at me, I said gently. He forced himself to look up. I cupped his face in my hand, gentle, like a mother, though he was barely older than I was. What's your name? Vladim. Vladim Oswald. It's good to doubt saints, Vladim, and men. He gave a shaky nod as another tear spilled over. My soldiers bear my mark, I said, referring to the tattoos borne by the soul at soul. Until this day, you have put yourself apart from them. Buried yourself in books and prayer instead of hearing the people. Will you wear my mark now? Yes, he said fervently. Will you swear loyalty to me and only me? Gladly, he cried. Sol Koraleva. Sun Queen. My stomach turned. Part of me hated what I was about to do. Can't I just make him sign something? Give a blood oath? Make me a really firm promise? <laughs> but I had to be stronger than that. This boy and his comrades had taken up arms against me. I couldn't let that happen again, and this was the language of saints and suffering, the language they understood. Open your shirt, I commanded. Not a loving mother now, but a different kind of saint, a, weir a warrior wielding holy fire. His fingers fumbled with his buttons, but he didn't hesitate. He pulled the fabric apart, burying the skin of his chest. I was tired, still weak. I had to concentrate. I wanted to make a point, not kill him. I felt the light in my hand. I pressed the palm to the smooth skin over his heart and let the power pulse. Vladim flinched as it connected, scorching his flesh, but he did not cry out. His eyes were wide and unblinking, his expression rapt. When I pulled my hand back, my palm print remained, the brand throbbing red and angry on his chest. Not bad, I thought grimly, for your first time mutilating a man. I let the power go, 
grateful to be finished. It is done. Vladim looked down at his chest, and his face broke into a beatific grin. He has dimples, I realized with a lurch. Dimples and a hideous scar he'll bear for the rest of his life. Thank you, Solkoraleva. Rise, I commanded. End scene. So I think that's, I love that because it's just, it's her first time like doing something like that. And I feel like she needed to show that, I mean, she could command a room. She is a saint. She needed to show that to the people. She did what she had to do. Yeah. Well, we got her, like, they just got out of, it wasn't a war. It was a fight, though. And she needs to bring these people together because you can't, like, be split up when we're trying to fight a war. We're right. Fighting. So she just kind of was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And, and anyone else that's seeing it, it's kind of a message to them, too. Exactly. So what a strong moment. It is. And it's, a, it's a big moment for her. It is. So really, the rest of the chapter, Alina then gets the apparat to, like, he, she talks to him about following some of her rules, pretty much, that she wants. She wants everybody to work together. Her terms <laughs> are that he will offer sanctuary to anyone, not only the ones worshiping the Sun Summoner, and also that no more ch- child soldiers. No. Yeah. And... Just and we're not tattooing them. Not tattooing them. And we're just going to work together. We're going to do this all together. Mm. And that's it. That's what I got. I don't think there's anything left in that chapter. No. Yeah. So, they open the doors. Vladim unlocks it. Yeah. And, and they're ready to go. Yeah. So tune in next week, obviously, for the rest of that. But um, before we cancel off of here you know we got more stuff to say yeah we do we do but that is the end of our reading section so um it is time for creature cast news yeah Ooh. okay so we really don't have a lot but i found a little bit of something 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 um, so the actress, Jessie Mee Ling, who is playing Alina in the show, put out on Twitter, Hi, S&B fans. As, as we draw closer to the end of filming, I just thought I'd say, I think you lot will seriously be blown away by this show, and I can't wait for you all to see it. And if you don't like it, I will fight you. Bye. <laughs> that was what it literally said on Twitter. <laughs> so I was like, that's awesome. So that's kind of cool. Um, if she can't wait, how does she think we feel? I know. So obviously they're ending filming now or getting closer to it. That's exciting. And then the only other bit that I've got is Lee put on Instagram that if you're in the UK and you missed her tour events, you can pick up a pre-signed copy of King of Scars paperback just for you. Pre-order now at Waterstones. We do have listeners. We do. So over there. So Exactly. And I would love to have a signed copy of King of Scars because truth that is one of my favorite. I've got a signed copy of Ninth House because I went and saw her do the, do that, her little tour there. But King of Scars, oh my god. I love that. I can't wait till we get to that. <laughs> We're so far away. So 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 far away. But, oh, but it'll come quick. It will wait the Grishaverse. We're already at the third book. It'll it'll get there. I just want to like tell you all about it. <laughs> no, there is so much that changes. Like that book is just like, oh my god, so cool, Grisha verse. It's just, 
It really is. And for those of you listeners that know what I'm talking about, you're just like, yes, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just going to sit over here in the dark. But we'll get On purpose. There. I know. Because I want to. Hey, <laughs> we'll get there. So we've got a listener thank you on Facebook. I'd like to thank Helen Elise. Thank you so much for thank commenting. You. And yeah, so next week we're going to do a kind of a bigger chunk than normal. We normally do. So we try to do three chapters, but they usually consist of like 50 to 55 yeah. pages. This one's more like 70. So um, have fun. <laughs> um, you guys, Of course we are, but hopefully we can all find the time. So that's going to be covering chapters three, four, and five. We can do it. We can. I have faith in us. I do. I've got a three-day weekend. So mm. I know you don't. I'm sorry. I don't. That's all right. But I, I will figure it out. We'll get it done. We will get it done. I've just got to stop reading everything else that I'm reading. <laughs> That's my problem. What's I've, the fun in that? I know. I just, it's probably why I'm so tired. Truthfully, Because I stay up, like, I stay up all night reading. It's just because, one, I'm, so I used to have to take sleeping meds to fall asleep. By the way, peeps, not had to take a sleeping med in months. Yay! Fall asleep on my own. Love it. Um, like but a I, big boy. Yes. But I do that. <laughs> By just reading my Kindle, mm -hmm. and I will read it into the middle of the night and just keep reading. And I always seem to pick out books that I love, so I'll just like want to keep reading, but like I'm falling asleep, and still I want to read. Oh yeah. So like I'm trying to like fight falling asleep, <laughs> and but I need to be sleeping because I've got to get up in a couple hours. But I want to read, and I'm right at the end of a trilogy right now. So I really want to oh, finish yeah, it. Oh, yeah, you got to get through that. Oh, my God. It's the very end. Like, it's the end part of the end book. Oh, oh yeah. So, like, I'm just like, yeah. I'm Darker Shade of Magic. I think I've talked about that, guys. So that's where I am. I'm at the end of A Conjuring of Light. And, oh, my God, it is so good. <laughs> and I'm just like, it's all action-packed. And I keep on waking up with drool on my cheek. And I'm like four chapters ahead of where I remember I just was because I let, I fell asleep with my finger on the on the Kindle. <laughs> Does <laughs> it like, fall on your face? No, because I... Oh, that happens to me all the time. No, I don't read like that. Okay. I read them like I'm a side sleeper. Okay. So I'm always on my side. So I, I, To me, it's like when I'm on the couch, I'm like laying on the couch and I'm like, I'm just going to read a little bit on my Kindle, the Kindle <laughs> reader on my phone, or I'm going to scroll through Instagram and I'm a little tired. And then I'll, next thing I know, wake up because the it's phone smacked. is just like smacked me in the face. <laughs> I've heard that story from a lot of people. Yeah. I, I'm just not one of those. I don't do that. I never have my phone like that, but that is so funny. I could imagine that would, that would scare the hell out of me. It is scary. <laughs> but then you have to like, oh my God, anyway, see that. <laughs> Just you start looking around like, oh, oh, God. Okay, nobody's home. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's awesome. Or you have your SL go, what happened? Nothing. Right. Nothing at all. <laughs> I do that. I don't know why I do this, but, like, if I fall asleep accidentally on the couch while Chris and I are watching a show and he, like, catches me, for some reason, like, <laughs> he'll be like, are you sleeping? No. No. Nope. Why would you say that? Yeah. I get like so offended <laughs> and I don't know why. I mean, it's so ridiculous. It's like I got caught like taking a cookie out of the cookie jar or something. I don't know. I just fell asleep on the couch and I feel so offended when oh. he's like, are you asleep? <laughs> Ugh. 
Anyways, thanks for listening, guys. We really went on a lot of tangents this we time. We supported. But we love it, and we love you guys. So, anyways, get ready for next week. Um, read your chapters. Don't read your chapters. We're going to discuss them anyways. We sure are. So, you can just follow along. Let us do the reading if you want to. Exactly. <laughs> so, that's three, four, and five. So, you guys have a lovely week, and we'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye. This has been GrishaCast. You may email us at grishapodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at GrishaCast, Twitter at GrishaPodcast, and on Facebook at GrishaCast.